Tonight, the backlogs and the blame as the crisis deepens in Canadian hospitals. Amplified alerts of an ailing healthcare system. Now it's very nerve-wracking as a parent. And the political deadlock. We need premiers to let us do that work. A rare look at nuclear power in Canada. Our performance in this moment is what's securing our future. Inside one of the largest plants on the planet. Plus the shocking death of Twitch. He was so down to earth and he was so humble and sweet and kind. The tragic loss of an entertainer who embodied so much joy. CTV National News with Omar Sachadina. Good evening, everyone. Canada's top doctor delivered an urgent warning today as more children in this country are getting seriously sick by influenza. As we rapidly approach the holidays, now is the time to get vaccinated if you have not already done so. Only about 30 percent of Canadians have got the flu shot, according to numbers from the Canadian press, even lower for children between 12 and 25 percent, depending on the province. And as young patients are moved out of hospitals that are too full, there is no movement on a funding divide between Ottawa and the provinces when it comes to health care. CTV's Kevin Gallagher starts us off. A similar struggle at hospitals across the country. In Winnipeg, pediatric surgeries are being postponed due to a surge in serious flu cases. In a 48-hour period on Sunday and Monday, we had 10 infants and children admitted to intensive care unit, bringing the overall number of critically ill pediatric patients at HSC this morning to 21. Our normal pre-pandemic ICU capacity is nine. Toronto Sick Kids Hospital is so overwhelmed, it's transferring up to eight patients a day to other facilities. With all of the issues, not only at Sick Kids but around Toronto and across Ontario, it's worrisome. And the situation may get worse as indoor holiday functions provide more opportunities for viruses to spread including COVID-19, which is seeing a major resurgence in Quebec, sending more than 2,000 people to the hospital. There's certainly a risk of increasing contagiosity in the communities, and with that, as consequences, more people would get to the hospitals and need to be hospitalized, and probably more debt in relation with that. At the Stollery Children's Hospital in Edmonton, wait times have more than doubled over the past eight years. Now premiers are demanding a meeting with the prime minister for a permanent increase in health care funding to fix a system in distress. We're worried. We're all worried about the, the state of health care in this country, for example. And that's why I'm going to continue uh, to push on provinces to deliver real results for Canadians. The federal government says the funding will be there if the provinces agree to certain health care reforms. The ball is in the premier's court. At the health minister's level, we all agree. Tonight, Manitoba's premier is calling the health minister's comments inaccurate because he hasn't brought forward any health care funding proposals, Omar, dismissing this as federal gains. Kevin Gallagher in Ottawa tonight. Kevin, thanks. A mother who fled the ravages of war in Ukraine to make a new life here in Canada is now living her worst horror in this country. Her seven-year-old has died in Montreal in a hit and run, and today a 45-year-old man was charged. Here's CTV's Montreal Bureau Chief Genevieve Beauchemin on a devastating loss. 
It's at this corner where seven-year-old Maria Legankowska, who escaped war, was killed by a car, leaving a neighborhood and a community in mourning. They flew from Ukraine to uh, the bombs and they get hit by a car. So it... Maria was walking to school with her brother and sister when she was hit by a car. That car drove off. Bystanders tried to save her life and to comfort her young brother and sister. We just protect them to, to this horror. Uh, the sister was really shocked also. She was saying like the, the car came really fast. Uh, I don't know, this is a tragedy. Hours after the crash, a 45-year-old man, Juan Manuel Becerra Garcia, surrendered to police. He was charged with leaving the scene of a fatal accident and more charges could follow. He appeared before the court today and we objected to his uh, release. The very corner where the little girl was killed just a day ago, cars continued to run the stop sign. But nothing is the same to Maria's mom and two siblings who fled Ukraine, leaving behind their dad to fight a war. What that poor mother is going through, thinking that uh, she came here, she had a safe place, began integrating within life in Montreal to have this happen, especially around Christmas. Just two months after arriving in Montreal, Maria's mother is now planning a funeral at the Ukrainian church, where Father Volodymyr Kushnir is searching for words of comfort. Day by day, you'll be okay. That's, it's sometimes, you know, uh, again, I can't find a word. When Maria's father was told that she'd been killed, he said over and over again that this could not be true. The community is looking for a way to bring him over to Canada to be with his family. Omar. Such a heartbreaking story. Genevieve, thank you for this tonight. A massive winter storm is closing in on Ontario, where up to 30 centimeters of snow is expected in some regions, part of a 3,000-kilometer system from the U.S. That system has also swept across the prairies and is now tracking east. After Ontario, Quebec is also expected to get slammed. Then the Maritimes, which is still digging out from Tuesday's snowstorm. And in the U.S., millions are suffering from the impact of that system, which brought tornadoes, freezing rain and power outages. There you can see a very large tornado. Uh, now we've got the power flashes. Get to your safe place right now. At least three people died in Louisiana, including a mother and her eight-year-old from a tornado, one of 36 twisters across several states, including Oklahoma, Texas, and Mississippi. And we just got in the tub and we hugged each other. We just kept praying. I just kept calling on Jesus. In the Midwest, blizzard conditions, and now the threat of ice and hail. And in the Dakotas, Nebraska, and Colorado, there are warnings of more knee-deep snow. Energy demands are especially high in the winter, and in Canada, nuclear power has been a significant source of green energy for decades. It meets approximately 15% of the country's power needs and most of Ontario's. CTV's Heather Butts with the rare access inside one of the largest nuclear stations in the world, just outside Toronto, and the future of nuclear energy. Access to the Pickering nuclear generating station is so tightly guarded, even before stepping foot on the site, you need clearance from CSIS. Now step right up. And once inside, there are several checkpoints to see if we had been exposed to radiological contamination. Clean. Don't forget yourself. This plant is one of four sites in Canada. 
Emily, this is called the Four Corners. Yes, this is the center of our power plant. The plant is a critical piece of Ontario's electrical grid. 60% of the province's power needs are met by nuclear, and this plant generates 14% of it. It was slated to shut down, but the province wants to keep it open. A refurbishment of this Pickering facility could be possible, extending its life beyond 2026. An assessment of that will be done throughout the next year. We're trying to grow globally. Um, that re growth requires energy. Growth requires power. Uh, and, and, and the nuclear industry is well suited to, to fill that need. Advocates of the technology say it's an emission-free, reliable way to produce large amounts of energy. You look at other alternatives that are zero emissions, such as solar um, and wind, they can't meet the capacity that a nuclear power plant can. While this control room was designed in the 80s, nuclear seems to be on the verge of a renaissance. Half an hour drive from the Pickering facility is Ontario's Darlington plant. A refurbishment is underway on the old reactors. This site will also be home to small modular reactors designed to be safer and cheaper to deploy. The war in Ukraine and Russia's weaponization of energy has sparked renewed conversations about examining alternative sources. But in Canada, there are only nuclear power plants in Ontario and New Brunswick, which is why some believe nuclear energy can't be the only option. We need to start moving on all sources of non-emitting power, including wind, solar, as well as storage and other technologies such as nuclear. And the word nuclear might generate images of Fukushima, the worst nuclear accident in the history of nuclear power generation since the Chernobyl disaster in 1986. Those in the industry say there's a need for better education. Getting the information out to people so that they can make informed decisions and it helps to remove that, that fear. A push as the world looks to meet the growing demands of clean energy in a changing climate. Heather Butts, CTV News, Pickering, Ontario. Parts for a pipeline operated by Russia will no longer be repaired in Canada. The federal government removed a special waiver that had allowed a Montreal company to get around sanctions against Moscow and fix turbines for the Nord Stream 1 pipeline. The aim was to keep natural gas flowing into Germany, but the move was heavily criticized by Ukraine. Alberta is the largest producer of natural gas in Canada, and its premier is apologizing tonight after these comments yesterday, comparing her province's relationship with Ottawa to Indigenous people living under the Indian Act. They have fought a battle over the last number of years to get sovereignty respected and to, and to extract themselves from the paternalistic Indian Act. We get treated the exact same way from Ottawa. I'm not sure how she sees uh, the way Alberta fits into the federal scheme of this country as being the same as children that were kidnapped and murdered. Today, Danielle Smith apologized for her comments. The freezing waters of the English Channel claimed the lives of four more migrants trying to cross into the UK when their boat capsized. Choppers and lifeboats rescued 43 people who were on the flimsy vessel a day after British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak promised new laws to bar illegal asylum seekers. And now to a heartbreaking story and a shocking loss for millions of fans. Los Angeles police confirming tonight that Stephen Twitch boss died by suicide at a hotel. The 40-year-old father of three, best known as an energetic dancer and DJ, tonight is being remembered for the light he shined. Here's CTV's L.A. Bureau Chief Tom Walters. 
As a contestant on So You Think You Can Dance, Stephen Boss gave a performance depicting a painful breakup. I have a little experience in heartbreak, I do. But whatever heartbreak led him to end his life, the dancer and DJ known as Twitch concealed it behind a seemingly irrepressible love of life. He won roles in movies and on television. I never thought that a dance floor would take me this far. And there was no sign of needing help when he was pretending to give it. Playing a psychiatrist in this performance, when he returned to So You Think You Can Dance as an all-star. That's where he met Alison Holker, who just days ago celebrated their ninth wedding anniversary, saying, I will never take you or our love for granted. The two often dance together on TikTok. And in this celebration of their growing family, on the stage where Twitch was best known, The Ellen Show. Host Ellen DeGeneres today posting this picture and writing in part, I'm heartbroken. Twitch was pure love and light. He was not just the DJ on her show, but eventually an executive producer. And even in the sadness that came with cancellation, he saw the good. It was such an era of a show. We changed countless lives, provided so many laughs and joy and light. Still, he did let pain show in 2020 as he agonized over police violence against African Americans. The nation is not okay right now. And for many, it's not okay today. Michelle Obama tweets that she is heartbroken to learn about the passing of Stephen Twitch Boss. Her message, just one of many, as a picture of happiness, is shattered by inexplicable loss. Tom Walters, CTV News, Los Angeles. Time for a short break, but when we come back, it is an illness, it's a sickness. The rise of online sports betting, the risks versus the rewards. Plus, this is wild. The Raven and an unforgettable road trip. There are new concerns tonight about the amount of sports betting taking place in Ontario and fears that kids may be sucked into an addictive cycle. CTV's Adrian Gobriel reports. The euphoric rush of placing a bet. If you've turned on the tube to watch live sports in recent months, you may have noticed a different game on the screen. Download the BetMGM app. The early edition of Saturday's Hockey Night in Canada featured at least 19 sports betting commercials. I'm going to have them to win the game at minus 178. TSN, which is owned by CTV's parent company, Bell Media, is now producing its own gambling segments. Rogers Sportsnet is creating its own content, too. I can imagine a 12-year-old watching hockey or watching basketball, any sports. You know, how tempting that could be. Al, who's asked me not share his real name or his identity, is a recovering gambling addict. He now volunteers with Gamblers Anonymous Ontario and says the number of parents who are calling him concerned their child is addicted has skyrocketed. A lot of parents, a lot of moms, you know, think that their kids are doing their homework and they're racking up 30, 40 grand on a credit card. In April, Ontario went all in, regulating the first online gaming market in the country. Anyone of age can now place a bet on any aspect of a game or spin an online slot machine with the flick of a finger on their phone. A lobby group is arguing that regulated online betting is safer than the alternative. Canadians were accessing gaming with no controls, no oversight, no player protection. And that's what this has done. That's been the biggest change in the last 12 months. 
Anti-gambling advocates in the UK, where legislation was expanded in 2005, are speaking out to warn Canadians of what they believe could be coming. It's a public health disaster waiting to happen. You need to be worried for your children. Public Health England found that there are more than 400 suicides associated with gambling each year in that country. From her home in the UK, Liz Ritchie says her 24-year-old son Jack, a university graduate, lost his sense of purpose in life as a result of gambling. He just suddenly out of the blue sent us an email saying, I've gambled again and I'm not coming back from this. And it just contained an attached suicide note. You use the term healthy relationships, though there's children being exposed and normalized to online gambling every single day that there's a sports event on television. Do you believe that's right? Advertising is a part of what comes with having a regulated gaming market. And over time, people will understand what the ads are. Statements from TSN and Sportsnet say they're committed to responsible gaming. 68 online sites are already operating in Ontario. Adrian Gobriel, CTV News, Toronto. Well, anyone betting on underdog Morocco to advance to the World Cup final was out of luck today. Oh, does get his shot away, and Hernandez coming in! France's goal, less than five minutes into the match, paved the way for a 2-0 shutout of Morocco. The Moroccan team was the fairy tale story of Qatar as the first African and Arab country to reach the World Cup semifinals. France will try to defend its title in Sunday's championship game against Argentina. Should be a great one. Still ahead, self-portraits made with artificial intelligence. The technology creating both the arts and some serious concerns. A new leap in artificial intelligence has taken social media by storm. An app that transforms photographs into stunning digital portraits. Here's CTV's John Venavelli Rao on the craze and the caution. Stunning! A social media sensation, those popular Lenza images are turning users into so-called magic avatars. Digital portraits that have all sorts of TikTokers and celebrities putting their own faces into the app. This app is incredibly popular. It's showing up in everyone's social feeds. It's the buzzworthy app of the season, the one everyone's talking about. The app's newest feature requires you to upload 10 to 20 photos of yourself or others. Try to upload photos from different photo shoots in different settings. Lenza then uses artificial intelligence to turn the photos into images that look like famous styles from artists. They make me feel powerful. They make me feel strong and confident. But some say there are problems with these portraits. Noticing the app can make bodies thinner and worry it could negatively affect one's self-image. People of color sometimes come through looking lighter. Really, these idealized images are being really driven by social expectations, which can be very cruel and very narrow. Others complain the artificial intelligence can produce portraits that are unexpectedly sexualized, and artists worry their works were quietly used to train the AI as it scanned the Internet for styles of art to mimic artists who are not compensated. This is a huge concern because you posted your content online, never intending for a complete stranger to use a tool you never heard of to create their own artwork based on yours. It is a copyright nightmare. Some artists also fear they'll be put out of a job, something the company behind Lenza dismisses, tweeting as cinema didn't kill theater and accounting software hasn't eradicated the profession. AI won't replace artists, but can become a great assisting tool. A tool that is fun, but not without its critics. 
John Bedabelli Rouse, CTV News, Toronto. And a rare picture-perfect experience for a BC couple traveling in Yukon. This is really incredible, actually. Call it a special aerial escort by a raven, who at times was right in front of Alex Lavoie's Jeep. After a while, I started to get used to it. Just kind of let him go with the flow. The raven led the way for more than 30 minutes before Alex and his girlfriend stopped to give their new companion a break and a snack. And a creative commuter had another kind of companion while driving in a high-occupancy lane in Arizona. A trooper spotted a driver with a, quote, suspicious-looking passenger. Turns out the driver was carpooling with an inflatable Grinch. Officials said they plotted the festive flair but still gave the driver a ticket. Okay, that's a pretty creative tweet as well. After the break, a major off-ice honor for a couple of Canadian skating legends. Canada's figure skating darlings Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer have captured an impressive number of medals and accolades over their decades skating together. And as CTV's Annie Bergeron-Oliver reports, even in retirement, the pair got some more recognition today. As the world's most decorated figure skaters, Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer are used to being in the spotlight and skating away from competitions with medals. Today, the pair added one more to their collection, the Order of Canada. I thought our days of receiving medals were behind us, <laughs> but this is a particularly special one, and it's one that you don't know to strive for. The recognition by Rideau Hall. Scott Moyer and Tessa Virtue have brought ice dancing to unprecedented heights. Comes after a 22-year competitive career that included five Olympic medals, three world championships, and eight national titles. Off the ice, Virtue and Moyer have been an inspiration too, choosing to use their platform to help the community by championing causes, including the Special Olympics. I've always been so proud to represent Canada on the international stage, and to be honoured by Canada today is uh, another huge accomplishment for us. Reno Hall named the pair to the Order of Canada in 2020, but the ceremony was postponed due to COVID. Today, they were among 49 distinguished Canadians to get the honour in person. It was extraordinary to sit through the ceremony and to hear the stories of these wonderful Canadians who have had such an impact on the world stage. It's humbling, it's inspiring, and we couldn't be more honoured. Though they may be retired from competitive skating, Virtue and Moyer both have big goals they want to achieve. Their advice for young athletes? Simple. It's just about being brave enough to have those dreams and surround yourself with people who believe in those dreams and make you better. I did that with Tess and she wouldn't <laughs> let up until we got where we wanted to be. Annie Bergeron-Oliver, CTV News, Ottawa. That's great advice and so deserving. That's a snapshot of this Wednesday for all of us at CTV National News. Good night and see you tomorrow.